This is for Report 81 on Influencer Marketing. Let's start by talking about why this topic matters. Influencer marketing helps brands build awareness and convert customers. The problem is that brands need to break through noise to reach customers. The solution is that influencer marketing transfers trust and attention from influencers to brands. In the player section, you can find examples such as Beats by Dre, HubSpot Podcast Network, Notion's Ambassador Program, and many other examples, as well as tools that influencers and brands use and platforms that connect influencers to brands. The first prediction is that influencers will increasingly launch their own companies, and you can look to examples such as Kylie Jenner with Kylie Cosmetics and Mr. Beastburger, where he leveraged the trust and attention that he built on YouTube to launch a network of cloud kitchens. We'll also see more native advertising as audiences become better at sensing and then skipping ads. So as a reaction to that, influencers are incorporating products into their storytelling. So instead of simply mentioning Audible, influencers are talking about their favorite books that they've read or what they're reading right now. We'll also see more B2B companies embrace influencer marketing where Notion has their ambassador program HubSpot has the HubSpot Podcast Network. We've also seen ConvertKit launch the Art of Newsletter series. Virtual influencers are also playing a bigger role in influencer marketing, where Lil Michaela has partnered with several brands. McDonald's has also released Disney-themed toys, where we don't typically think about Disney characters and Marvel characters as virtual influencers, but they essentially are. We'll also see more companies spin up their own media arms, where People have historically talked about A16Z as a media company that monetized as a VC fund, but that connection has become more obvious recently when they launched their media publication future. We'll also see more companies try to corner supply of, you could call it micro monopolies, where Apple Music cut deals with Drake, Nicki Minaj, and Frank Ocean for essentially their own quote unquote radio stations, where Frank Ocean has blonded radio on Apple Music. And although Music streaming services are essentially the same. They sell the same product. Apple Music has been able to corner supply of a product that's not a commodity. One of the opportunities where the first opportunity is around doing guest blog posts, doing podcast interviews, offering keynotes. And the idea behind this is that you're borrowing trust from established entities and outlets, and then you're embracing and transferring that trust to whatever your product or service is. And hopefully that value exchange is there where you're providing some expertise or some value to their audiences as well. You could also look at using influencer marketing to land clients for your service. Elam and I worked together when he was launching his agency where they produced access.trendsvc and I provided them with a video testimonial. Nomad Capitalist is another example of this where they have a firm that helps people save on taxes and they funnel clients from their YouTube channel where they produce content around these topics and they funnel that into their service. Red Antler is another example where they've launched some of the biggest D2C brands and they lobby that success and those logos into landing new clients and new D2C brands. You could also look at offering services to influencers and brands where we talked to Outloud Group for this report and they help connect brands to influencers. Justin Moore is another example where he helps influencers find brands to work with and also negotiate deals. You could also look at turning your influence into equity, where Dr. Dre has done this with Beats by Dre, Rihanna has done this with Fenty, and then Kanye did this with Yeezy, which is essentially an imprint 
within Adidas. You could also look at finding out which form factor works best for you. Which platform do you prefer? Where you have Bryson, who's big in play and earn, where he uses Twitch a lot. Jake Tran uses YouTube. Shane Parrish found out that his preferred platform is around blogging. And a few years ago, he moved into podcasting. You could also look at building a data as a service company where we have companies like SEMrush, also Social Blade, just as a few examples. Sponsor Gap also plays in this lane where they're helping influencers find brands to work with, with their sponsorship database. You could also look at launching a referral program, and this can help scale influencer relationships because as we talk about micro-influencers, forming one-off relationships with hundreds or thousands of micro-influencers so that you can reach a similar scale as if you were working with a quote-unquote mega-influencer, that's a lot of work. But referral programs help you standardize those relationships. You can look to Audible as an example of this, where they have affiliate programs that have the same standardized offer and help them work with influencers. You could also look at building an ambassador program where this may not be commission-based, such as a referral program. And we can look to Notion in terms of how they work with creators like Marie Pullen. There's also an opportunity around offering gifts to influencers where Arvid Call gifted me a copy of his course, Find Your Following. Then I found myself recommending that to Trends Pro members. On to risk, where the first risk is around reputation risk. As a brand or an influencer, you're commingling your brand with another brand. And if something goes wrong or something embarrassing happens on either side, that can reflect poorly on the other side because you're essentially endorsing this other brand. There's another risk around just a bad fit. The other side of the relationship may not do anything embarrassing, but does that relationship feel organic? Has this influencer mentioned the brand organically before that relationship was formalized? There's also a risk around exclusivity where some brands will want to work with influencers exclusively. And as an influencer, you have to ask yourself, how long is this relationship? What am I giving up? What's the opportunity cost where I'm not able to work with these other brands who may be direct or indirect competitors. Are you being properly compensated for that? And the next two risks, they flow into each other where one is around fake metrics. Are these numbers legitimate that we're getting from influencers? And then vanity metrics, are we paying attention to the right things? Do these metrics indicate trust or engagement? Or are these things that look good, but they don't actually reflect in terms of how engaged is this influencer's audience? On the key lessons where the first key lesson is around understanding the brand's goals. Do they want conversions and or awareness? And then taking that information to put an offer together and also price that offer based on their goals. Another key lesson is that brands are borrowing trust from influencers the same way that a podcast host or a television personality may be relatively unknown at first. And then they have enough well-known people onto their platform and they reach a point, a tipping point, where they can then lend that trust out to other people. And we can look at how Oprah ascended, where she may have been relatively unknown at first, and then she becomes the person where Oprah's book club means something or Oprah's favorite things mean something. But she took that path up by borrowing trust from others. Another key lesson is that influencer marketing is the force that powers music features in terms of why you take a well-known artist with a less well-known artist, put them together, and you can spread that attention and that trust also stock recommendations, or if it's announced that Warren Buffett buys a company or buys shares in a company, then you have other people who quote unquote ape into that stock. Another key lesson is that influencers are production companies 
instead of hiring a production company to write and film content for this brand, brands are increasingly hiring influencers. And these influencers also have their own audience. So the brand isn't only getting content, but they're also getting that transferal of trust that we talk about. Influencer marketing also can make or break a company in a competitive category. If we look at a Kali Cosmetics, for example, there are tons of cosmetic companies out there. But if you're a fan of Kali Jenner, it's more about the story. It's more about the feeling, the emotion that comes with that and less about this product and whether it's a commodity or it's not a commodity. So influencer marketing can help these brands stand out in highly commoditized categories. On to hot takes, where the first hot take is that being a celebrity and an influencer are not the same. Celebrities are well-known people. They're people that you'll recognize and influencers actually have influence. They can make recommendations that are effective. And these two things often overlap, but they don't always overlap. Another hot take is that influencer marketing passes the superpower test that we talk about a lot. And this came from Nir Eyal, where he talks about the test of a superpower being whether it can be used for good or evil. And in the link section, we'll link to campaigns that cigarette companies launched where they're leveraging trust that doctors have built up to say, hey, doctors recommend this cigarette brand, which looking back, we know that's crazy, but that just shows you the effect of influencer marketing. And then we have to ask ourselves, what are we being tricked into today just because this profession or these group of people have influence? Now we're being swayed because we trust those people. On to haters, where the first hater says that it's about influence marketing, not influencer marketing. And this came from Rand Fishkin, who replied to the tweet that usually goes up before reports goes up. And of course, he's right in terms of non-personal brands can also be sources of influence. But he'll also concede that influencer marketing is a more well-known term, which is why we went with that in this case. Another hater says that influencer marketing is less effective in B2B cases, when we talk about B2B companies. And in the report, we pointed to examples from Notion, HubSpot, and ConvertKit, as well as others. This wraps it up for Report 81 on Influencer Marketing. Thanks for listening, and I'm looking forward to your thoughts.